Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Dallas Greenway continues our series, Squad Up, talking about how we all need community. Dallas talks about how God uses other people in our lives to grow us, making us stronger together. He talks about unity in Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 6, and walking with humility, gentleness, patience, and love. Dallas encourages us to be real, learn, add to, and stick with our community. We hope you enjoyed this message. Week three of the series Squad Up, so you should at least know the jingle by now, right? That's where you can get in your claps and all that fun stuff. Uh, We are continuing on talking about the theme of this entire series, which is community, right? And healthy community, healthy relationships with one another. Could be in your small group, could be just in your friend group. Uh, could just be, for you, it's, it's in general, just the body of Christ, right? How do we treat each other as brother and sister in Christ? And then you can easily stretch it beyond that. And I mean, these are just ways that we should be treating other people, period, because we're, we're human beings all created in the image of God. So we're going to be in Ephesians still this week. If you want to go ahead and turn there in your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 4. If you brought your Bible this morning, it's going to be on the screen for you as well. Remember week one, we went from Ephesians chapter 1, and we just saw how we all can be a part of the family of God, the thing I was just talking about, that once we put our faith and our trust and our life in the hands of Jesus, that, that we become a part of this family. And so you and I, if we've done that, we are brother or, or brothers and sisters in Christ, and we, we are a part of this incredible family that stretches back throughout all of history, right, with God as our, as our Father, And many people spend their entire lives trying to find a place where they belong, where they fit in, where people actually care about them. And all along, God has had his arms open wide and this invitation uh, out there to be a part of his family, the place where anyone can belong, no matter who you are, what you've done, what you're good at or not good at, you can be a part of this family. That's what we talked about in week one. Last week, we talked about how we can do for others what God has done for us. And we specifically focused in on forgiveness and that we have been forgiven much because of what Jesus has done for us uh, through his life, death, and resurrection. And so now we can do the same for other people. We can forgive others. And so you might remember I had the, the wall or the stack of chairs here. And I talked about me and my friend Jake, how we used to wrestle over video games and sometimes we'd get extra frustrated at each other. And really, there's, there's a wall that, that we put up between us and other people. And sometimes it's as silly as video game wrestling matches, right? But other times it's, it's rather serious. There's walls between us and other people, but then there's also a big wall of sin between us and God. And thankfully for us, Jesus has made a way for that wall to be torn down and for us to be in friendship with God. And now, like we've been talking about, like we talked about last week, you can do the same with the walls between you and other people, where you can offer a hand of forgiveness or ask for forgiveness for, uh, from them for yourself. And, and that wall can be torn down and you can be, uh, you can be right, uh, sometimes with appropriate boundaries, but with that person that you had a wall with, right? So this week we are going to continue Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to get there. In just a second, you can turn there if you're not already. And I I can't remember how much I talked about this last week. Uh, I don't know if it was in first or second service that I mentioned this more, but uh, I... We talked about my me and my friend Jake and how we used to wrestle, and Jake's, you know, almost like a foot taller than me, and he was definitely more muscular than me back in the day. I don't know that he necessarily outweighed me. Uh, Jordan, on the other hand, Jordan used to live with us too, and Jordan is like, what are you, 6'5"? He's 6'6". How much are you weighing in right now? 
263. Yeah, so I did not get in fights with, with uh, Jordan, okay? Even though, I don't know, maybe I could have handled you. Just chop your, chop your legs out from under you. Although you're just, you're just a tree all the way through. So Jake was not quite built like Jordan, thankfully. And so I could, I could like sort of handle my own with Jake. And a lot of it came down to my, my leg strength, right? And my legs, uh, they've always been bigger than I feel like the average legs, especially when you start talking about my, uh, just like my thighs, right? Just always had huge quads. And uh, that's what you call them in the biz. And so, so I, like that was one of the places where I could move the most weight with my legs. If, if you've ever seen like people squat uh, a lot of weight, I could kind of do that. And you can do, you know, you get on those machines where you're like, eh, uh, eh, right, and you're moving weight back and forth. Like I can typically do a lot of weight with those. I was never able to squat more weight, though, than when I went to this thing called CrossFit. Have you guys ever heard of CrossFit before? It's like a type of, basically a type of class or a type of workouts. And typically what you do is you go to these CrossFit gyms. They call them boxes, right? Because you got to have a cool name for your CrossFit gym. It can't just be a, a gym. It's got to be a box. And uh, kind of the joke is like, if you do CrossFit, everybody knows you do CrossFit because you all talk about it, right? So in some ways, it's like a cult, okay? It's like a group uh, following their, their leader, sometimes blindly. And, but really, the, big, the biggest thing is that it's just a bunch of group workouts. And kind of the core reason that people get so involved in it, I would say, is the community that gets built. Because you go to the same gym, the same hour, you typically go the same days a week, and you start to uh, know the people who are in this workout class with you, right? Like, it's, it's kind of like your school classes, maybe not so much now, because a lot of them are virtual, but where you're in the same class with the same people every single day or five days a week, and you start to, you, you, hopefully, you make a friend in that class, right? And you start to get familiar with people. And, uh, but with this one, you're not just listening to a teacher the whole time, but you're actually working out together, you're doing things together, you're, you're pushing each other. And I was never able to squat more than when I went to this class, okay? And so uh, in particular, I reached my maximum. The most I've ever squatted was 405 pounds, okay? So that's a lot of weight. Uh, it's like a Jordan and a half kind of thing, right? Um, sort of, almost. And uh, so that was the most I've ever squatted. And this particular day that I was able to squat that much, we were in the gym, we're at CrossFit, and the whole goal of the day was like, hey, everybody is going to squat the, the most weight they can. They're going to do it one time, right? And so everybody's working on it. We're all putting weight. We're moving up. And I'm, I'm doing, you know, so much weight. And I'm, I'm doing it like five times or three times or whatever. And finally, it gets like towards the end of class. And I'm like, I'm moving weight and I'm feeling good. And everybody around me is like, dude, I think you can, like, you can keep going. You can keep going. So we get, get the weight up. It goes to like three, you know, 350, 370, whatever. And like, eventually I'm at 395 pounds, right? And there's people that have kind of gathered and, uh, and they're, they're watching and they're encouraging. Like, they're patting me on the back. They're like, yeah, dude, you got this. And I'm like, I don't know. This is a lot of weight, right? It feels like a house. It feels like you're squatting a house. And so I get, I get the 395 off off the rack, and I move back. I'm like ready to go, and I go down to squat, right? And then I come back up, because here's a tip. If you ever do this, if you ever squat, don't just go down and sit there when you have a ton of weight on your shoulders, okay? You're not gonna be able to come back up, right? Like either you're just, your legs are just gonna give out, and there goes the weight, and there goes your neck, right? Or you're just gonna sit there and be like, guys, right? And you just, you just start crying, or I don't know what you do, but then people have to come and help you get the weight up. So I go down, I come back up as fast as I can. I'm like, I think I got another one. I go down, I come back up as fast as I can. 395, I, I was able to do it two times, and I was like, okay, guys, that, like, that just sounds crazy. Like, that's a lot of weight to do. I, I think I'm probably done, and everybody's like, no, dude, you got more, you got more. 
fine, right? Peer pressure is a real thing. And so they take the little five pound uh, weights and they put one on each side and they're like, you got this. So now we're at 405 pounds. And I'm, I'm, you know, sitting there, standing there thinking, man, like this is, this is crazy. Like, can I really do this? And, you know, thankfully when you're doing that much weight, it's safe to have somebody on each side of the bar for you. Like in case you do get down there, I can't go back up, right? Or like everything gives out. These guys are supposed to be able to help like lift it back up and put you back up. And so, man, I just felt like all these people around here, they're all cheering. I got my coach in front of me, like making sure I'm doing the right form and everything. What could, what could go wrong? And so <laughs> that's not a foreshadowing. But sure enough, you know, we get it off the rack. I take it down, come back up, and we just got 405 pounds. And like I, that was the best I've ever felt in the weight room, partly because that's a lot of weight. Like, and if you lift weights the, and you're trying to lift heavy, then the goal is like, let's lift some big weights. But I think more so, this was like one of my favorite moments in the gym, my favorite memories, because of all the people who are around me, right? They're cheering me on. They're, they're giving me encouragement. They're saying, you can do this, right? And in some ways, they're telling me, I can do things that I never thought that I was possible, or that was capable, or that was possible for me, or that I was capable of doing. They're pushing me to, to do more, to be stronger, to go further. And I think that in some ways, that this is, this is what the body of Christ is meant to be for each other, that we ought to be people who are cheering for one another, that we should be encouraging one another, that we should be uh, pointing each other back to God, back to what's true, that we should be each other's biggest fans. In some ways, so that we can go maybe further than we thought. But in other ways, you know, yeah, we need cheerleaders and all that kind of stuff, but we need people around us as well to help, help us see things that we can't see, especially when it comes to our sin, when it comes to the things that aren't so nice and powerful in our life, right? Like we need people who say, hey, I know you didn't mean it that way, but the way you said that, your tone wasn't great there. We're like, hey, you've been ignoring this person for a while. Do you realize that you're doing this? Like, we need people in our lives to, yes, cheer us on and be in our corner when things are going well and when we just need that extra push. But we also need people, God uses people in our lives to help point out rough areas for us, right? We need each other in order to grow. We need each other in order to grow in our relationship with God. We need each other in order to grow just as, as, as human beings, need each other to grow in how we live and act and speak like Jesus. We need each other to grow. So we're going to see that in Ephesians chapter 4. Let's go ahead and pick up your Bible. And remember, the context here, we, we're, we've got Paul, the Apostle Paul. He's written, and he's written this book. He's written from jail. Not sure how much we've mentioned that yet, but he's written from jail. And he's written, this book probably would have gotten to the Ephesians at some point, but he also was writing to surrounding churches, churches in the area. So this would have been going to multiple churches, being read by a bunch of different uh early church people, and uh, the first three chapters of Ephesians, the first three chapters are about like, hey, this is who God is, here's a reminder, here's a refresher, and this is who you are in Him, right? The first three chapters are kind of like doctrine, telling you about all these things that, that you should know or reminding you of these truths in a powerful way, right? The last three chapters of Ephesians, so chapters four, five, and six, that's the whole book, it's just six chapters, right? You can le read it in a day if you wanted to in a sitting. Uh, the last three chapters are about, okay, now based on what we know about God and what we know about our position with Him, how should we now live, 
right? So Paul starts to get a little more practical in chapters 4, 5, and 6. So he's going to do that for us this morning. And we're going to start in chapter 4, verse 1. We're going to read the first six verses, and then we'll come back through and talk about them, all right? I, therefore, this is Paul, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. All right, Paul, what are you saying there? Let's start in verse one. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, right? Literally, he's actually in in prison. Uh, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. This is a, uh, you have a question or you want to, can we talk about it after service maybe? Yeah. So, um, Paul, this is probably one of my favorite ways to think about the Christian life, one of my like, favorite phrasings right here, right? And here it is, that at any, at any time of the day, no matter who I'm with or what I'm doing or where I am, that we are called to walk worthy. Walk worthy, right? You might want to write that down. I like, I like the, the double W's, right? That's kind of fun, but walk worthy. That in any situation, no matter what I'm doing, no matter who I'm with, I am called to walk worthy, what does that mean? Walk worthy of what? Walk worthy of everything that Paul has been talking about in the first three chapters of Ephesians. That we are sons and daughters of God. That he has given us an inheritance. That he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. That we are God's, that he is our father's, that he is our father. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to walk like we are a kingdom kid. So walk worthy. What does that look like for Paul? He kind of starts to break it down, right? He's going to give us four things in the next couple verses of what it looks like to walk worthy. And these four things are big contributors to healthy community, to loving one another well, to living in harmony with each other. The word that Paul uses is peace, right? Unity and peace with each other. Here's what it looks like, here's how we are to live if we want unity and peace with each other. Here's at least part of what it means to walk worthy. Verse two, how should we walk? With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. So four things here, humility, gentleness, patience, and love, right? This is how we're to walk. This is how we're to live as individuals, but also with people around us, with brothers and sisters in Christ, right? Humility. What's he talking about there? It's not like just beating yourself up over, over stuff. It's not uh, just making yourself feel like you're the worst person in the room. But here's what it is. It's, it is thinking about yourself less and thinking about God and others more. Humility is putting other people before you, recognizing that, yeah, you, you aren't the most important person in the room. In fact, if you understand the life that God's called us to, the life that Jesus modeled, we are called to be servants to all and servants to God. So part of walking worthy means that we walk humbly. Can you imagine what would happen if you were putting other people before you in your friend group? What would happen if, if your friends cared so much about you that they, they were meeting your needs before they even met their own, right? 
What would happen if together in your community you guys are serving God and making sure that He is the one, you, you are recognizing His rightful place above all. So humility. The second thing is gentleness, right? Some of your Bibles might have the word meekness. Gentleness or meekness, this is, this is controlled power. This is knowing who you are. This is knowing where your identity is. Jesus modeled this so well. And, but, and it's knowing like all the things that you're really good at and all the ways that you could make yourself the biggest deal in the room, but you don't, right? You hold back. You, you're gentle, controlled power, right? That's gentleness. That's meekness. Imagine if when, when your friends, when you guys got together, that it wasn't just a one-up game, right? That it wasn't just, oh, let me tell you this story that happened to me. Oh, yeah, well, this story happened to me, right? You guys have been in conversations like that where you, it's just one-upping everyone. Or like, oh, you think you're good at this game? Well, let me show you how much better I am. No, knowing our identities, knowing that it's found in God, the things that Paul has talked about in the first three chapters of this book, and being able to rest in that, right? And probably you can see some overlap between humility and gentleness or meekness. The third word is patience, right? And that's in a lot of ways, just like a, a pace of life word, right? Patience, it's the opposite of impatient, right? It's being able to slow down, being able to breathe. It's being able to, when somebody's like talking to you, you actually are present enough to listen to what they're saying, right? Imagine if your friends were that with you, that when you were talking and you were spilling your heart, that they were actually willing to listen to you to everything you said, and not just be thinking about the next thing that they were going to say, right? Humility, gentleness, patience, and then the fourth piece of, of what leads to peace and unity with each other is, is love. And specifically what Paul says here, it's love that is willing to bear with one another, love that when, when things get hard, when things get tough, when when somebody's family starts to fall apart or their, their life starts to get really shaky, that instead of turning and running or, or turning and looking away, that we would, we would look towards them, that we would be more with them than ever before, that we would stick with them no matter what. That we would carry their burdens with them, right, or sometimes for them. Humility, gentleness, patience, and love. Paul says in verse 3, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Those, those four things are a part of what we need in order for that unity in the, bond, in the Spirit and the bond of peace. In order for that unity to happen, we have to be people who are going after those, those things. So when you hear them, again, Humility, gentleness, patience, and love. When you hear those things, how are you doing with those? Because this isn't just for the person who sits across from you in your small group, but this is for you and I as well, right? We are called to walk worthy, and walking worthy means going after living out these things. So we've got to examine our own hearts and our own lives and ask, how are we doing in these areas? Because we play a part in contributing to healthy community or unhealthy community as well. So Paul continues, right? And he talks 
we've already read these verses, but we'll read them one more time. In verse 4, he says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. So here's what Paul realizes is that, yes, this is the call to live in those ways, but you will, you will fail. You're not always going to live those things out. You're not always going to live them to a T. You're not always going to live like Jesus, who, here's a clue, if, if you want to know what it looks like to live out those four things, to truly walk worthy, then follow the life and footsteps of Jesus. He's the model of all those things. He was the most humble, the most gentle, the most patient, the most loving, and he was that all the time. He walked the worthiest life that anyone could ever walk. And so if we want to know how are we supposed to live that life, what does it actually look like, then read the Gospels. Read about Jesus. Read about how he lived, how he treated people, how he, he lived and walked with God, the Father, and follow in his footsteps. Follow in his footsteps. So Paul knows, though, that we will fall short, and so he reminds him, hey, even when we do, even when we don't live like Jesus, that we still are united, we still are one, we still are a part of one God, one spirit, one faith, one baptism, all of these things, he reminds us that we are still unified, right? Then he goes on, we're going to finish uh, up to verse 16, and then we will wrap up and move to small groups, right? And then he goes on, because Paul's not just calling us, God's not just calling us to be robots who, okay, so we're supposed to go after these things, so we all should be talking the same way, we all should be treating each other the same way, we all should be doing the same stuff together. I mean, yes and no. He's calling us to live these ways in who we're wired, in with the people that we're around, in the places that God has put us, that we are called to walk worthy wherever that is, whatever gifts and talents we have, whatever things that we're not so good at, whatever uh, classes that we're better at than others, right? Whoever you are, whatever you're, you're good or gifted at, whoever you're around, we are called to walk worthy. So verse 7, we're going to read verse 7, skip a couple verses, and then read to verse 16, okay? But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Verse 11, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, that's what makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So what's Paul saying here? He's saying, yes, we are unified in the things that we're going after when, when it comes to our character, when it comes to how we treat people, when it comes to, to walking worthy in those ways. But our diversity also makes us strong. The ways that God has gifted us differently also contribute to this process of growth and maturity, right? We read in those few verses, maturing to manhood, right? Growing up, not being a baby or a little child anymore, that our, our diversity, he talks about some different giftings, being able to teach, being able to, uh, to evangelize, like to tell other people about your faith, that all the different ways that you and I are gifted contribute to the larger picture of the body of Christ working well 
and growing. So yes, we need to be united around the things that we're going after, the, the ways of walking worthy when it comes to our character and living like Jesus. But there's also a part that each of us plays with our unique giftings and, and capabilities that is contributing to the whole body of Christ growing and the kingdom of God advancing. So when it comes to my, my squatting a bunch of weight, right? Think about this as, as an example of all the different parts working together. There are people who are cheering and yelling and screaming, right, in the background. Those are people who probably regularly are louder than the average person. But then there are also people who are right beside me who were ready to catch the weight if they needed to. And those people weren't cheering and yelling. They were like focused, right? They're intense. They're probably stronger than the people who are yelling and screaming because they're like right there ready to catch the weight. There's my coach who's in front of me who's like making sure that like, hey, remember the the right form. You don't want to hurt yourself. Keep your back. Like he's telling me all those things. All of these different people were contributing in different ways. And the end result, the end outcome was did the weight. And, and was better and stronger for it, right? And so in some way, shape, or form, we are all contributing with our different gifts and abilities, talents, so that the body of Christ would grow, right? Those last few verses, or the last verse, from whom the whole body, so this is from Christ, the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, each gift, each talent, when everyone's contributing, that makes the whole body grow so that it builds itself up in love. We need each other to grow with our differences, with our, the things that make us diverse, and going after those same things of, man, we, but we want to be like Christ in the midst of all of our differences. So real quick, and then we'll wrap up. Four things I'm going to put all on the screen at one time for you to think through. What could this practically look like when it comes to your community, your group, your small group, your, your squad, if you will, right? These four things. Be real with your squad. That's the first one. Would you be willing to be open and honest about things that are going on in your life? That is a necessary piece if we're going to grow together. Learn with your squad. You guys are in middle school. There's a long way to go. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot to be, to be learned, especially when we talk about God and, and diving into the scriptures together. Would you guys be willing to learn together in order to, to push each other, to encourage each other, to remind each other of what's true? Add to your squad. This may be something that would grow you in numbers numerically, but also might stretch and grow you guys when it comes to your character, your relationship with each other, and your relationship with God. And maybe there's somebody on the outside looking in who is looking for a squad, and maybe God's put it on your heart to to bring them in, to invite them in to be a part of your group. And then this last one is stick with your squad. That kind of goes along with that bearing with one another in love, that even when things get hard or when things get rocky or maybe just haven't seen each other in a while, the easy thing to do is to walk away. The easy thing to do is just leave and say, well, maybe they just don't care about me anymore. It's more difficult, but also the thing that's going to grow you the most when you stick with them through the hard times, when you stick with them no matter what, when you bear with them in love, right? So these are things you guys will get a chance to talk about in your small groups. Let me pray, and then I will dismiss you. God, thank you so much for the example of your son, Jesus, who did indeed walk. He walked the worthiest. Um, He lived a life that none of us uh, can live on our own, but you have given us everything that we need now as your children to be able to, to live in humility and gentleness and patience and love and to do that with with one another. So help us little by little 
starting this week, uh, to understand and uncover what that looks like and then give us the, the ability, give us the, the courage to step out in boldness and move towards a life that is walking worthy. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.